these are my kind of conversations with other creative minds and just really, really excited. Okay, here we go. Sarah Marie Thompson here from Wild and Creative. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here because we are going to be diving into fun ways to increase your personal power and everyday magic on every single episode. Today I have with me Sherry D. Teigman, and she is a change instigator, coach, and creative business strategist online. And Sherry is not only an amazing person, but she is someone who is balls-to-the-wall creative. So, of course, I'm so excited to have one of those creative-to-creative chats. Um, I've always been like this. At about five, I think I looked around and said, ooh, I think my light might be a little bit too bright, and I kind of dimmed it. So, I tried the regular life way. You know, I was always creative and artistic and out of the box, but I still followed the rules most of my life. And you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that when you don't pay attention to signs, they get louder and start knocking things over in your life. So about eight years ago, I found myself um, in a marriage I did not belong in, living in like a very Stepford wife, perfect little bubble uh, with two beautiful kids, and my soul was nowhere to be found. And I would love to say that it was like from this courageous or brave place that I was able to, you know, walk out of the sky and fly off on a magic carpet. Didn't quite work out that way, but something inside of me, and I assume it was my soul saying, all right, it's enough. You gave us a shot. I just needed more. I needed to give more to my kids. I needed to find my way back home. And I took a long, arduous road back there. And in the midst of the dark times, while I was still looking for something, I didn't know if it existed, but I needed to try. I realized that I've always been great with people. I'm very empathic. I'm very uh, intuitive. And I just, people always came to me and I said, you know what? I don't ever want anyone to feel like this alone. So it, that fuel of the idea of being able to help people do this in their own life while I did it alone is really what kind of got me up and out of my dark place. Cause I was like, I have a bigger mission than just me and my stuff. So that's really how it kind of evolved over the past six years. And it's just, once the lights are on, it's this lush, beautiful, colorful, connected experience with serendipitous relationships and meeting people like you. Like, I didn't know that people like us were out there. It was just, you know, chugging along, just being me. I thought something was wrong, that I was so different, but it, there's nothing wrong. I think everyone would love to have a bit of this. So, uh, you know, really stepping into myself has been very magical for me. And then to be able to help others do that as well is just, uh, there must be close, I don't know, like 75% of the population that's living that way. Right. If not a step for wife, you know what I mean? Just on autopilot. It's, so true. it's that autopilot, that groundhog day that I'm an average Joe, I'm an average Jane, because not only are they feeling it, society also supports it like good you're supposed to follow lines you're supposed to do the template i'm behaving i'm doing the socially acceptable way mm -hmm. it, it breaks my heart to be honest with you because there's so much more to life it's such a short road we have here 
look, not everyone is extroverted like us. Not everyone needs all of the things, but everyone could use a little more light in their life, a little spark of joy. You know, people say to me, what's creativity? I'm not artistic. I don't, I don't have time for that. I have bills to pay. I'm like, no, 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 no. Passion and creativity are the road to all the answers of what you think you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. To me, it's about curiosity. So if someone is feels brave enough to look outside that Stepford average template living to just say quietly to themselves, what actually do I love? What are my values? What do I miss? What fuels me? Mm -hmm. And add a sprinkle of that into their life. Their regular jobs will feel different. Their relationships with their spouses will morph. They'll be a better parent. They'll be a better friend. They'll be a better friend to themselves just because they turn the lights back on. And it breaks my heart because, like you said, it is 75%, if not more, of yes. the population. And it feels out of the box to, or indulgent to go find something more than that. And that's like, no. Yeah, you know, and it's that going to bed, knowing that when you wake up in the morning, you are going to create your perfect day. And that's the creation part of our life. And I think when you start there, right, that will just move you into physically thinking you're creative, right? I mean, that whole mindset. Yeah, it's just that bringing that playful wonder and curiosity back into your life, even if you don't make dramatic moves from the outside. It's that outlook of this is mine to create. I get to choose. And sometimes we choose bad things. People always say, you know, that whole manifestation world. Yeah. Well, I want to learn how to manifest. So I always joke around, like, look around you. Everything that's not working you create it. It's a constant creation. It's a poetry in motion. It could be crappy poetry or magnificent poetry. We are doing this and people don't realize that. They don't realize the simplest steps in that, right? Like you said, like you create your whole life around you, but it's like, you know, just looking around, even this lamp that's in my house, that's a part of me every single day. I've, I physically brought it in and I had the intention that it would become a part of my life. It could have been another lamp. I know that's just like a funny situation, right? No, but that's exactly, but you know, it's, it is that simple because it's a great analogy because I, I, I'm a big believer in decluttering your life, not only of stuff, but we don't realize what we carry in each thing. It could be a grandmother's old lamp and it's something that you carry or there's a family story to it. And it sounds dramatic, but that has energy into it. Mm -hmm. Your relation to it is a relationship. You define yourself in, oh, that was my grandmother's lamp. Remember when I was little? Oh, I was always the oddball kid. <laughs> the whole story goes, on the flip side, you go to a store. It's a day of self-care. Something grabs your eye. You want it to be part of your world. It lights you up literally and figuratively. That's enriching your life. And so yeah. it is every little small thing. Like I'm looking at my necklace and I think this makes me happy. Yeah. Does someone else like it? I don't really care. You know, <laughs> it's all those little things and those little things really do build up. You are a coach, a transformational coach. Kind of run me by, you know, who's your most ideal client that you love to work with? So I have two because I do a lot of life and business. So in life, I mean, they're similar, but they're just d different focuses. My ideal client is that brave, scared soul that's like, you know what? It hurts more to stay stuck even if I'm walking into the unknown. Mm -hmm. Do you, I mean, have you always known deep down that you would reach this part of your life where you're working with these people? 
I would love to say yes, but I had absolutely no idea because I'm my own ideal client five years ago. So I didn't know. I just, where I am now makes the, is the most sense anything's made in my entire life. So when I look back, of course, every rock and stone and boulder was leading me here. Yeah. So I'm completely in my zone and the pieces all made sense. I was always the person friends came to. I always got a sense of someone before they came. I could always connect the dots, even though I'm looking at them and thinking they have no idea what I'm thinking, but mm -hmm. I see where they are. I see why they're here. So I wish it would have taken me shorter to get here, but every journey takes the time it's supposed to take. So now I do. <laughs> um, tell me, how do you feel you have taken your passion for life, which you clearly, clearly have, and business, to a level that's different from most people in our field? Like, what makes you truly unique that you feel? So, um, well, I never shut up, so that's a starter. And this was hard for me at the start of my business because – and this is what I do with my business clients. It's that same, you have this initial idea and then you start shaving off the sides of the dream because this guru says your packages are supposed to look like this. I'm supposed to look like this in my pictures. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, I'm a Stepford wife again, just in my business. So I, again, tore that whole thing down and it just shows we're all human. So the thing that sets me apart is me. Yeah. I'm very raw and vulnerable about my story. I use my story not as a victim or a victor, but I get it. I know what it feels like. I'm a jaded New Yorker. I would have laughed at all of this stuff a few years ago. So I know how hard it is to walk towards something that's new and scary. So I'm more the in the trenches kind of person. I use my humor and my vulnerability to help people feel safe and seen and heard because I think if everyone could get a little bit of that in their life, there's nothing they can't do. So, you know, I don't see myself as the change. I see myself as like the soul Sherpa, like I'll hold your hand. We'll go wherever you want to go. Yeah. But sometimes we just need a mirror that's more gentle than our own eyes. Yeah. Each piece of this is scary as, I wouldn't say scary, but new is new and our patterns are a pattern. So I'm not this butterfly that forgot where I came from. I remember what it feels like to be like in the dirt. Every new experience, every new connection, a new program I run, it's that same fears come up. I just have different relation to it. I I use the fuel to be like, okay, I use my own process on myself. I can't preach to the choir if I'm not going to show up and walk my talk. There were a lot of dark periods in my life. And had I not had my kids, who I call my lighthouses, I probably could have gone under. But I take the responsibility of being their mother very, very seriously. And I left a bad marriage because I wanted to teach them that if you're not happy, you go find your happiness. Totally. So I have a responsibility to live that in every day, even the hard ones. So I kind of feel like I'm in a reality show because even when business scares me, even when things get overwhelming, I've got four eyes on me watching me in success mode in their mind, being proud of me. I can't fail. So yeah. even if I didn't feel that responsibility for myself, which of course I do, but it's easy to slip up and get caught in your own stuff. I've got these two gorgeous kids who are growing up being proud of their mama of what she's created. How can I do anything but keep chugging along? So my most, my best achievement is showing up every day. Is yeah. every day great? 
No, I'm human. There's stuff. Things scare me. I'm a creative. So the technical parts of systemizing bore the hell out of me. And, you know, I, I like to rebel and say I don't have to do that, but there are things you have to do. So I have to really stay on task with myself. And I'm really proud of how I've learned in my rebellious Aquarian creative way to still forge my own road to connect with the people who really need help. Tell me about your kids and creativity with them. Because, I mean, normally kids are just generally more, they haven't been suppressed, <laughs> right, by society. So they're often just more creative. But with you being a very creative person and really pushing creativity, has that changed the way that they've been growing up, you think? It's very interesting you say that. So there are two boys. And when they were little, they were in my art studio with me all the time. Constantly creating, we love this. And then they went the regular route. They're very athletic. They both love to read. They're much more introverted than I am. And it's been really interesting to raise kids who are a different sex and so different than me. Mm -hmm. So I've had to really show up and help them find their own creativity. And also like now I have my teenager is a real teenager. And I, it's frustrating sometimes because if I had two crazy girls, it would be a lot easier for me that I would understand. But Helping them navigate what creativity means to a regular boy in 2016. My older one is introverted. So what happened? I bought him a camera for his birthday and I left it on the desk. Love it. He goes off on his own. I don't get involved in it. It's not up to me. All of a sudden I saw him. Um, he asked me if he could buy like a $10 course. So of course I checked on it. It was a programming course and it's just something that intrigued him never in a million years could I focus on that for five minutes. That's his creativity. So raising them is a real boundary setting of what I believe creativity is for me mm. and what creativity is for someone else. My little one is more physical. So I bought him like fun exercise stuff, a punching bag because he's more in his body. He's more mm. kinesthetic. So I can't go make him color or journal, but that's not his way. <laughs> it's been really, it's very interesting. I mean, I get, it's a real challenge because I just want to make them happy. It doesn't yeah. work like that. You know, giving them the space to explore, giving them the space to be bored, giving them the knowledge that it's not what I want for them. Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's really hard. I'm excited to ask you this next question because I feel like we're kind of like on the same page and I'm very interested in what you have to say. How have you personally taken the route of being creative opposed to being competitive when it comes to your business and how has competition affected you? So this is interesting. I don't have a competitive bone in my body, unfortunately, because I think competition is so healthy <laughs> I wish I did. I'm such a cheerleader by nature that it's actually hurt me in business when I first started. Mm. I was so busy cheerleading everyone else. I wasn't standing in my own power or my own light. It was just, Sherry's a great friend. And I, I blurred that line of, I'll just support everybody and be the connector and it'll be great. I had no clients. I had a great following. People adored me. I adored them back. It's great to be friends. Mm -hmm. I had really learn because in my mind competition is bad which of course it isn't I had to really shift my mindset and say I'm allowed to own my power that won't dim anyone else's light if anything it makes all of our rooms brighter so I've had to really teach myself if I promote you I can still promote me 
Mm-hmm. I could send someone to you and say, you know what? I think Sarah would be a better fit for you. I would love to make the introduction and vice versa. And it's actually built my business exactly the way I would want it because mm-hmm. the people who I'm meant to work with are mine. I don't have a scarcity mentality or I'm gripping her. Oh no, she just put a new program out and I was writing something similar. I look at it as awesome. People are wanting this. It'll yeah. be a different spin because it's mine. It was a hard thing for me to learn. It scared me at first to kind of run into the races. I think with any business, you know, whoever's watching, even whether it's, uh, you know, a, a retail store or what have you, I think when at the beginning, when we first start out, we're, we are very, in a sense, giving and just want everybody to know that we're there and we want the referrals and all this stuff. So we just give and give and give and give and give, even though we don't might not want to do that or it doesn't feel 100% great um it doesn't serve you right i mean i think there's a nice balance Uh, it's great to be able to give but um you know you really do have to make make a list of what is very important to you is it important to you to be you know respected as a professional in your field and you know only work with these type of people then that's great right you don't have to work with everybody and you shouldn't yeah and the truth is when you spread yourself so thin by wanting to give to everyone you're not really giving the people who you are truly meant to work with all of what you can because you're diluted. You're spread all over the place. You're not focusing that love and support and true magic onto the ones, you know, and I'm a big believer in free. I don't, someone doesn't have to only pay me to speak to me. I'm not, I'm not like that. But the commitment aspect is on both sides. When someone shows up fully, then you show up fully. When you're too busy babysitting everyone, you're not really doing anything. Mm -hmm. Over the past while, when I've looked at the back office and looked at people that have purchased the course versus people that have gotten the course for free, they don't do it. So it's almost like, it's whether it's their mindset or whatever, but it's just like there's no, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Well, they don't have the investment. I don't mean from a monetary perspective, but they have no risk or loss involved. Right looked at by that but that's just human nature i've done it a hundred times people have given me free courses we've bartered i don't do them yeah even if i want to yeah there's just there's something about stepping up and showing up for yourself and if money is the commitment filter that it is which sometimes it is sometimes it isn't but it's a readiness thing it's tricky isn't it being a very creative person like you talked about wanting to work with everybody and just share and everybody is your client because you know you're just open and giving and loving and everyone should be creative um it's hard for for at the beginning especially for creative people to sort it out right it's still hard for me it really is because for me even now when i know the results clients get when we work together then all i do is see more people who need help yeah. So that's when like the discounting comes in or, well, I'll just throw you in. And then your schedule's crazy. You're stressed out. You start resenting yourself for doing them. Like, whoa, this yeah. is not a clean container for helping people. This is getting muddy and it's, it's not serving anyone well, including myself. It's hard balance. It really is. What would you suggest uh, regarding a method that you have worked with over the past that could really help them find their soul's true calling? Ah, this is my favorite question. So, like I said before, whoever is an entrepreneur, if they're worth their spit, has their soul in their business. As soon as they start following the rules of how to make your first 5K in 45 seconds, or this is the only (laughs) photo that's going to work for you, you start shaving off the sides of your cake. 
you have this beautiful dream that's like this buzzy ball of fire and you just pour stuff on it and then you forget what your why is you forget your values you forget the drive you forget your passion your reasons your story behind it what fuels you why you connect to the people that you are so i it scares people to say this but i i i learned it on my own and i teach it over and over again you have to slow down to speed up because when you start spinning so quickly to get where you want to go, the centrifuge is spinning and all of the good stuff just falls off. Mm -hmm. And then you become a vanilla internet marketer or a regular direct salesperson or you have an online store in Etsy and it looks like everyone else's stuff. You have to slow down, take the pieces apart, what's working, what's not. What would my dream business look like? Do I want long-term clients? Do I want to be in a container with someone for six months where I can fuel them and it's a relationship back and forth? Or is a quick five-hour intensive the best way for me to get my magic in there? Mm -hmm. What does my copy say? Because you know, many people, and I'm a copywriter, people will pay me. We have a great website up. Everything's awesome. Six months from now, they've changed tremendously, but they're holding themselves back because they picked a persona to be, and they don't know how to move away from that. They're afraid they're going to lose their following or their precious list. People are going to unsubscribe. I don't care what you're selling. People like real. They like authentic. They don't want to see the high heels all the time. It works for a period of time, but at the end of the day, it's pain points, whether it's in business or in life. Mm -hmm. If you remind people why you love to serve and why you are the person for them and that you understand where they are, the rest of the stuff doesn't matter. I'm not saying a pretty website isn't important or wonderful graphics or how many times you post on Facebook. People read through it. They can tell when it's authentic or not. Mm -hmm. It's an energetic feeling that gets yucky and it gets noisy and shiny objecty. And then you don't understand why clients are not coming because you're not even in it anymore. Mm -hmm. I know there definitely is a vibe out there online and it hooks people in and it is the vibe that anybody, if you say you can, can coach people on having the Lexus and making $54,000 in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle. So it's funny though, right? Because I think that that is tricky too for the passionate entrepreneur that isn't 100% clear on what their vision is because it's easy to, to mold yourself just slightly into that thinking that you have to be all sales. Sales is my thing. Is it really? I mean, I could say that, but it's not my thing. Like, that's not what I, I that's not my passion. <laughs> it's not. You can I be like, good at it, but that's not why you wake up every morning. No, no, I don't wake up and I'm like, ooh, a new sales funnel. I don't do <laughs> Not at all. Um, artistic, creative people that are doing many other things that just, you know, want to share their gifts with the world and make money doing it. What can you tell them about not going that route if that's not 100% them? Great question. Uh, so it was interesting. I was talking to a coach friend of mine last week, and we were talking about a client that we were both working with. She was going to her for something and me for something, and she asked us to speak to each other because she wanted us to kind of collaborate on a plan. So we were talking, and I kind of said to her, I said, you know, what I see what's missing here is she, this client keeps thinking she has to be somebody else to get there. Mm 
So I said to her, what would it look like when you're there, wherever you think that's supposed to be? Your 10K months, your consent, what does that dream thing look like? So, well, I need to be more organized. I have to be systematic. I have to be more consistent. I said, okay, are you any of those things? And she said, no, I'm a creative and I can't. I said, okay, so what are the, the qualities in you that you're stuck with that you've been the whole life? She's like, and she gets like all upset. I just, I'm so free spirited and I just go by my heart and I'm, I just follow things that feel right to me. And I, I'm always looking for some new, exciting way to explain it. I said, do you know how many people in the world wish they had a quarter of that? Everyone can learn a system. Everyone can do a morning miracle, uh, the miracle morning rituals. I'm not saying everyone, I can't, I hate waking up early, but <laughs> I've And I said to her, I've tried it. I thought the same thing. Well, if I'm going to succeed, I have to do this, this, and this. I said, the one thing you need to do is be more yourself. Because the magic of you is in you, not in a system. And I'm not saying it's not important. If it means hiring it out or finding a version of it that works, that's all incredibly important for running a responsible economic building business but the magic of what you have is you so whether you're writing a book whether you create a product whether you're selling something put the most you that you can so i split a page of a list what is all you and what are the pieces you know have to get done that are not you Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it gets so clear because instead of seeing the parts of you that you've done your whole life that you think are i wish i wasn't like that embrace them because that's where all this creativity comes from that's Mm -hmm. why you keep doing what you're doing even if you're not making money yet and give yourself the gift of what you are objectively you're like oh i don't need to waste my time doing social media graphics someone else loves to do that Mm -hmm. i can barter i can find someone on fiverr i can invest in a va i can give myself back my time to stay in my zone because the more you stay in the zone the more magic happens i'm not a tech person i built my own website on squarespace if my eyeball didn't fall out and roll away it was a miracle and i learned myself i'm like what am i doing i'm wasting precious energy mm-hmm. and passion of mine on something that's not my zone of genius. Um, you know, I'm very hands-on. Like I love art and all that kind of thing. I love painting. Sometimes I'm so into computer stuff. And although it's creative, people are like, well, you're doing creative stuff every day. I'm like, mm, it's not my thing. Like it's, you know, you get stuck in slightly the groundhog day part of that. It's minutia. It's minutia and, but I'm being responsible and it's part of my business. You're absolutely right. There are other ways around it, and we're so stubborn and independent, and I can only do it. That's not true, and that's not giving yourself the gift of you as best as you can. So if you if you really think about it, you know, say you're you're amazingly passionate and love doing these four things, and then there's like these two things underneath that you're doing all the time that are like, say, social media and blog writing. Maybe that's not your thing. Um, and when you take out those two things and you give them to somebody else, these things that you're good at get bigger and more expansive and colorful and exciting and you're not feeling drained or the pressure of what has to get done. So even when you're doing what you like, it's like, yeah, but I have to, you know, like that history paper still has to be written. Like yeah. we're not in school anymore. We don't have to create that model. We're so used to, I'm just going to push through it. And it means that I'm driven. No, it yeah. doesn't. So I'm a big believer in 
a toolbox of rituals and habits that you know get you to the vibe you want to be in. Sometimes it's like clothing. Exactly. And I am always in color. But if you tell me I can only wear polka dots every day, I'll hate polka dots. And that's just my personality. It doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's being respectful to my own process. Yeah. So I will say, I will make sure that I do something self-caring every day because I can get busy. I can prioritize everyone else before me. What that will look like can be playing with my crystals, listening to music, doing some yoga, taking a walk, doing a Zumba class, uh, coloring. I'm a massive color. I'm a, in the moment. I, what do you want? You're a little kid. What do you need? Do you need a snack? Do you need a nap? Are you cranky? Are you hungry? Do you want to play? I treat myself like that inner five-year-old that I walked away from so long ago because she's the one who drives the bus. Mm -hmm. She's the one that makes the good stuff happen. Well, until next time, check out wildandcreative.com where you can find me as well as a ton of other fun and creative things for you to take part in. Thanks for listening.